Hey everyone, welcome to This Is Me. This show is for women from all backgrounds and walks of life. Join us, your hosts, Amy and Brandy, as we talk about life in the Rocky Mountain region and feature a story from a phenomenal woman. Get ready to laugh and cry along with us. Be inspired and feel empowered as you discover you are great just the way you are. This is me. Thank you for joining us. I'm Amy. And I'm Brandy. Today we are so proud to have Darity Darden on the show. Thank you for being here, Darity. Thanks for having me. I'm so excited to share my my life and story with you all. We are too. Darity lives in Pine Bluffs, Wyoming with her husband, is entering her 29th year in the education field, and has commuted the entire time. Please tell us a little bit more about yourself, Darity. Well, thanks for having me. Um, so my husband and I are going to be celebrating our 33rd year in marriage in December. And again, um, time flies and, you know, all of a sudden we're here and uh, we blinked, you know. Um, he actually works at High West Energy in Pine Bluffs, Wyoming, as an accountant there. And then um, we have two children. One is Brooke, and she is a she will be starting her master's at the University of Wyoming in communications. And she'll be teaching public speaking this year, so she's pretty excited about that. Dallas, our oldest, Dallas Bacon, lives um, in Cheyenne and works at LCCC, and we are so glad to have them close by. Um, it's such a joy to watch your kids blossom and um, come into their own and be who they are. Um, I also, uh, in Pine Bluffs, my uh, mother-in-law and father-in-law reside in Pine Bluffs, and um, my father-in-law was a teacher in Pine Bluffs for 20 years, and so everybody has stories about Mr. Darden, and um, my mother-in-law has been a, a longtime accountant in Pine Bluffs. And, um, and so it's been wonderful to raise our, our children around them and have them close by. Um, as far as commuting, it is my, my time. Um, and I listen to Audible love my books. And then, um, I often tell the story once I'm driving home in the evening, I usually just, uh, I like to listen to my worship music because about the time I get to Egbert, I get sleepy. So I've got to, I've got to have something to keep me pumped up. Um, and it is my time to worship my, my heavenly father or practice music that I'll be singing somewhere. Well, you are a woman of many skills, and in addition to a busy career, you have endless talents, which we're going to talk about right now. <laughs> Darity has a beautiful singing voice, and uh, we actually get to hear you sing in a little bit, so I'm looking forward to that. And uh, have, have you been singing your entire life, and what do you like to sing? Um, yes, I can uh, tell you I was singing uh, early on, and I actually, I think I still have a picture of myself singing at the Manor in Kimball, Nebraska probably at the age of four or five. And um, yes, it has been one of my things my, that I call my rocks. Music is something I love and I love all genres. I'm not one that sticks with um, just one thing. Um, probably started singing country uh, music years ago and probably have more of a country music voice. And of course, I love to sing my worship music. That is, that is my connection and how I praise my heavenly father. You also make jewelry. Tell us about what you make and where people can find it. 
So I make all kinds of jewelry from earrings to necklaces to bracelets. Right now I'm working on a couple special orders, one for a wedding. Um, another, someone had a piece that they just want refurbished into another, you know, to make it more current. Um, lots of cricket jewelry, cricket earrings. I love to do sterling silver um, and different stones, um, probably more closer to the Navajo uh, link of Native American jewelry, but I also love Zuni and have spent most of my life um, dab what I call dabbling in it. And so you can find it, um, Didi's Doodads is my page on Facebook. Um, I'm also on Instagram and I have a, a VIP group on Facebook and just recently st opened and started going through Etsy. So just a few small things on the side. Yeah. Oh yeah, just a few. Yeah. <laughs> and and your jewelry, you have a lot of it, what yes, you make. I, I mean, we're not talking just a few pieces. You yeah. have a lot of variety. It's really beautiful. Yeah. You can also find uh, my jewelry at the Beauty Box in Pine Bluffs, Wyoming. Okay. They have uh, joined with me. And um, so that's been fun. Okay, um, cool. Just to give women something and men, they can buy something for their wives there, but just a, a outlet so that people can see it firsthand. All right. So, Darity, I recently learned that you are a wine connoisseur. <laughs> that is awesome. Can you give us some tips and facts that everyone should know about selecting or tasting wine? I think one thing is we, we tend to get into where we only drink one thing. And so we have to, it's nice to taste and to understand, you know, how to pair things or those kinds of things. One of the things um, I started doing years ago was just studying wine and what it was I liked and um, found that certain ones gave me headaches and I wanted to know why. And so I started looking down that road. Um, I started with Moscato. You know, it was a sweet wine, and now I'm more of a Pinot Noir, which is a, a red um, grape, and it is a, you know, it's just something that I do for fun. Um, I like to study. I like to figure out. I love to cook, and so pairing that with what foods and knowing what to, you know, what can you have, you know, um, Beaujolais is one you would eat with turkey, you know, it's simple things like that, so, Yeah. Well, we know that you don't sit still, Darity. What secret talents did we miss? Wow. Um, I, oh gosh, now that, that's going to stump me. So I probably would tell you that one of the things that uh, my best friend is quite a carpenter and house remodeler. And so recently um, we have been just learning and teaching and she's been coaching how to use um, all kinds of tools and saws. And so, um, I love to do and learn my, I think my curiosity is I love to learn. And so we'll watch YouTube videos, um, throughout, uh, the evenings. We, we don't watch much TV. And so we talk about the YouTube videos on saw safety or whatever. It's, it's, it's been one of my, um, probably my new passions and enjoyment. The other piece, um, I love to work out. Um, I have a trainer I work with, and I will tell you as a woman, if I could encourage everyone to do that, it is so, um, uplifting. I, uh, about a year and a half ago started with her and I was lifting five pounds and I'm now deadlifting 70 pounds. Nice. So <laughs> Good job. I love to get out on my bike, um, and just, you know, spend that time. And you'll always hear when, when I'm riding my bike around Pine Bluffs, um, I always have music on. And so people will look at me a little odd as it's playing on my phone, but I always have music going and I'm doing my thing. Um, but absolutely love to um, work out and challenge myself to lift a weight that I never thought I could. 
That so. comes in handy with all the home projects then. Yes. <laughs> So yes. you can't get out of anything. Your yeah. husband knows you're yeah. you're very much capable of. Oh yeah, doing and usually we'll do it together. We'll figure it out, and we'll make a lot of mistakes in the process. Um, another thing I love to do is hike. That's something that um, we, when we became empty nesters, we decided that we were going to start to enjoy um, what we have to offer here in Wyoming, Colorado, Nebraska. So, yeah. Oh, I think that's great. Where are some of your favorite places to hike? Um, like yesterday, we went up to Lake Marie and um, wasn't prepared because we were in snow. Oh, <laughs> still. no. And, and I often think about, you know, yesterday we were out there hiking and, and looking at the beauty that the good Lord had made, has made for us. And, you know, that um, walking on soft snow, our footing is not always sure. And when we even fall through holes um, of snow like we did yesterday, you can always get yourself back up. It seems like there's always snow somewhere, Yes, right? <laughs> even trying to enjoy the great outdoors in the summertime in Wyoming, you're going to find a patch of snow somewhere, it seems. Absolutely. So where can people find out more about you? So, um, you know, I am available, you know, you can catch up with me on my email. So ddsunshine68 at gmail.com. Or, you know, you can contact me um, through Facebook. Um, I try to keep that as a, a positive outlet to help women and men and children and all those people that, um, you know, get to contact me uh, through that avenue. Um, I'm on Instagram under, again, um, Blessed Sunshine. So uh, it's just, I'm very blessed. And uh, my nickname as a child was Sunshine. And so I've just kind of kept that in, yeah, the, in there. I love that. Yeah. You can find out more about our show at www.thisismepodcast.com. Or you can find us on Facebook at thisisme.podcast. And if you'd like to reach out to us, email is the best way, info at thisismepodcast.com. Laramie County Community College, LCCC, often referred to as LTRIP, published a beautiful article on you last summer in their magazine, The Talon. I knew you from before. I read this and I only knew a small part of your story. This article really moved Amy and I to invite you to be on the show. You're such a dynamic and beloved person. I could go on and on about how much I adore you. And we're so grateful to you for being here today to share your incredible story. And it's now time for us to hear Darity's story. So pondering our world today and the eternal life ahead, I wonder if we just step back and truly follow that masterful commandment of loving one another. Ephesians 4.2 says, be, ple be completely humble and gentle, bearing with one another in love. 1 Peter 4.8 says, above all, love each other deeply, because love covers a multitude of sins. John 15.12 says, my command is this, love each other as I've loved you. Instead of putting masterminds together to debate how to get along, could we just love one another? In my life and career as an educator over nearly three decades, I've sat at many tables to discuss what kids need, what staff needs, what teachers need, what parents need, what communities need, what stakeholders need. I've come to the conclusion that we waste a lot of time gathering information about what we all need when it is just to love one another. I'm going to tell you a story about a little girl that set out just to have hope that the world would be a better place for all. Once upon a time, there was a little girl. She started her life on a farm in the panhandle of rural Nebraska, youngest of five. It was in a time and a place where everyone just looked the other way. By the time she had come along, her parents were just tired of parenting. 
Around the age of seven, things began to dwindle. She stayed her first night alone in a dark, empty farmhouse. She was left with her grandmother, neighbors, strangers, while her parents took off to parts unknown. Her siblings were a lot older, and they had their own lives to lead. Time went on, and eventually, through hills and valleys, the little girl began living by herself in a camper trailer at the age of 13. As soon as she could get a worker's permit, she started working, and she sang, White Snakes, Here I Go Again. Here I go again on my own, going down the only road I've ever known. Like a drifter, I was born to walk alone. In the camper, the darkest of dark days came on New Year's Eve, 1983. Why was this little girl brought into this world? No one was there for her, and she played that song, Yeses, owner of a lonely heart, all night long. It was a turbulent night, no running water, no one cared, and the start of a new year. Her hope was that she wouldn't see 1984. Not soon after, a turning point occurred, where her father blamed her for every ill in his world and threatened to end what her heavenly father was fighting for, her life. Something snapped inside, and she, at 14, a sophomore in high school, made a decision that no matter what, she was done with letting this evil man decide for her what life would be like. This little girl put herself through high school and was nearly ready to graduate when a couple of friends were in a tragic car accident. One of them died right before Christmas of her senior year. You see, this was someone she stayed with off and on. This family didn't have a dime, but they took her in, fed her, and cared for her. Her friend's name was Judy. She was and still is an angel in this little girl's eyes. Then right after Christmas, this little girl's parents lost everything they owned. The following week, her mother suffered a brain aneurysm. For a 17-year-old that had grown up way too fast, she didn't even know how to spell aneurysm or understand what it was. But life got even more real when she had to teach a mother how to eat and change her diapers in a hospital. The same mother that chose to leave her emotionally and physically so many years ago. This little girl made it to graduation, finally. Getting out of school was such a relief because it was never a good place to be. Just a reminder that she didn't come from a normal family, home, or life. And she carried the largest hole in her soul with her every day. After she graduated, her parents disappeared again, and she had no idea where they went. And she sang, Here I go again on my own. Going down the only road I've ever known. Like a drifter, I was born to walk alone. She walked into the doors of a local junior college and had a couple scholarships, never thinking about what was next, but having hope that her life could be different. She walked in and said, I can't complete any paperwork for financial aid because I don't have any idea where my parents are. There at Laramie County Community College, she was able to recreate who she was to the world. She came across someone that believed in her, Michelle Massey. This wonderful woman said to this little girl that she could do it. She believed in her. This time, the difference was that this little girl heard it. So what was different about this little girl? She had grit. Angela Duckworth defines grit as the much-hyped ingredient in personal success. As Duckworth defines it, grit is passion and sustained persistence applied toward long-term achievement, 
with no particular concern for rewards or recognition along the way. It combines resilience, ambition, and self-control in the pursuit of goals that take months, years, or even decades. In addition to having grit, this little girl had courage, hope, and resilience. And this is what I want to encourage you to think about today. When you think about your journey, are you one that has grit, hope, courage, and resilience? I would bet you do because life has a way of growing us in those areas whether we want to or not. When we think about our past, do we think the hard or the bad times were the worst part of our lives? Or could you picture God's hand reaching out to us as we cling on to it, trusting him, looking up at him as he wraps us in his love? Thinking about those hard times as his gift to us and not knowing what he will do to give us that story ending we could never expect. He is victorious and his power is demonstrated by leading us through those hard times. You see, this little girl, she slept with a Red King James Bible next to her every night. She didn't understand the words yet, but it was what kept her safe. She knew her Heavenly Father would protect her. She just didn't understand what it was to get rid of her lonely heart. She didn't understand loving one another because she didn't know love. At 19, there was a point in time where she found herself pounding her fist on a steering wheel, asking for the anger to go away. At that point, she got her hands on the New International Version of the Bible. And one day she was reading in her favorite book of Ephesians, and she came across a verse, Ephesians 6, 4. Fathers, do not exasperate your children. Instead, bring them up in the training and instruction of the Lord. He knew. God knew. That's what this little girl's father had done. What this little girl's father had done was wrong all along. And at that point in life, this little girl understood that her father in heaven was really her daddy. She received hope and grace, and she sang. Amazing grace, how sweet the sound. That saved a wretch like me. I once was lost, but now am found. Was blind, but now I see. From that point on, she clung on to her Heavenly Father. So what are you clinging on to? I would like to think that you too are clinging on to the hope of what is to come and not what has been. I would like to think that we as a community and a nation, we are clinging on to hope while learning from the past. I would like to think we could cling on to the notion that we should love one another. You see, this little girl found love. She found love in her Heavenly Father. She found love with a husband. She found love with a family that took her in and taught her what love was. She found love in a woman called Breezy that taught her so much about love and loyalty to family and friends. She found love in holding on to two little girls that gave her her own family. She found love in having a circle of friends, those friends that gave her encouragement and sometimes correction. She found love in giving it away to her students, staff, parents, and every person she encountered. She found love in worshiping her precious Heavenly Father that she calls her Daddy, and she sings. In the morning when I rise, 
in the morning when i rise in the morning when i rise just give me jesus give me jesus give me jesus you can have all this world just give me jesus this little girl wanting those, this world to know all along that if we just loved one another, that maybe the darkness that we all encounter would be put out with the light of this world. So, any idea who this little girl is? Well, this little girl that was blessed by wanting more, even in the storms, well, she is me. And what became of her? She became a child of God. She became a daughter, a granddaughter, a wife, a mother, a friend. She became a special education teacher and a principal. All of this, not letting the trauma, the obstacles, the mountains stop her. And you can too. What God did when he wrote my story, that he sure isn't finished with yet, is he gave me the chance to relate to children. I can challenge them while having high expectations. I can talk to them about a hole in their soul that only those of us with these stories can share and truly understand. I can share my story with these children, and no matter how they push me away, I will still be there. I can inspire others to share their story and not be ashamed of where they come from and who they are. I can watch and have hope that the children of this world will make the journey and this world a better place. I can sit back and watch children blossom while they too conquer the world. I can glorify my Heavenly Father by being victorious in Him by sharing His story. I can relay the message that we need to stop, step back, listen and love one another you never know if that's someone sitting next to you that person you walk past on the street that person you meet they might just have a victorious story love on them so they too can write a beautiful ending to their story and if that person is you write your own story please go out and share how you conquer storms or mountains love yourself stop beating yourself up take care of yourself and practice self-care love one another because God knew what he was saying when he commanded us to do this. And lastly, please take this with you. And it's from I'm So Blessed Daily. God said, I need you to get excited again. I need you to remember you're not sitting in this thing alone. I'm working on your challenges. I've already assigned angels to you. So let go of the stress and just trust me. I've got a pretty incredible ending in store. In fact, that is why you need to get excited again. Because the happy ending I've got coming is going to rock your world. Oh, thank you so much for sharing your story with us. We've uh, got a few questions for you okay. and want, want to find out a little bit more. What's your advice to anyone out there that feels like they're in a hopeless situation? I think, you know, I, for me, it was holding on to that hope. And through that, it was seeking what would fill that void? And I often talk to people about, you've got a hole in your soul that I can't fill. No book can fill. Um, and you have to work at it. And it is a daily, lifelong battle. And it's not, you know, I often, when I was preparing for this, I thought, it's not like everything got perfect. In fact, it probably got a little more difficult because then you have a, a guide 
um, that you need to follow and and try to do what what God's example and Christ's example has been, and and so I I never want anyone to think that once you are in that dark spot that it's all going to be perfect because life isn't life is hard, and we have to figure out how to get through that, and um, I have many things that do that for me my music you know and um, my friends and my family my kids uh, my husband and so trying to not stay stuck in that darkness is so important. When I think of you, I think of the fact that you didn't become a victim of your circumstance. How does it feel when someone tells you that you've inspired them? Um, you know, I, I think my biggest prayer is that God is glorified through his story that he wrote in me. Um, and so it just gives me such um, gratefulness to him that by me sharing um, a story that often people would be ashamed of where they come from, and just to say, we, we don't have to hold on to that shame. We are not our past. We are not those things that, um, that could, could hold us back. And so, and, and you're not going, not everybody's going to like your story. Not everybody's going to want to hear it. Um, but you have to remember that you are valued in it and there's a reason and a purpose ultimately. Um, so, and that has happened. And I think that's why I continue to share my story is, don't let um, what the world tries to tell us we are not stop us. How has your faith guided you throughout your life? So it has been where I turn when life is not easy. Um, and that's something that I think we often see. And I think social media plays a big part of that is that everyone sees the glamorous things um, and tries to portray that. And really, there's a hurdle every day that we um, have to overcome. So it is where I turn um, when I'm at my, you know, those moments where life is difficult. I will go straight to my worship music. Um, I love to go back into the word and, and look at Proverbs and Psalms. I, I'm one that will always go to Ephesians. I'm a, a fan of Paul. And um, I just, I think it, it gives us guidance in how to get through it. And I think um, for one thing that I've always known, even as an early child, before I was a Christian, is that there's light at the end of the tunnel, you know, and I think that that's always what I've reached for even in those really difficult times throughout life. And I think just giving people that it'll get better. And I often, even when I would talk to students, I would talk to them, you're going to have a hard life. These things are not easy. It's knowing that it can get better, but you've got to work hard, you know. And when I talk about grit, um, that's something somebody pointed out in one of my daughter's one time they said, your daughter has grit. And it was something that, uh, so I've spent a lot of time just focusing on that, that um, you you build grit through enduring, persevering, and getting through those times. And I think that's what's the part of faith that's so important. We have to build our strength um, and his strength within us um, going, encountering difficult times. And you've been an educator for a very long time, and I can only imagine your perspective given your life experience. I can imagine you probably have a soft spot for kids who maybe have had a rough beginning or a really hard time in life. But in the same aspect, you probably don't take I can't as an excuse. Can you tell us about that? Yeah, I, I've i had many students, I and I've... <laughs> 
I, if people don't know me, they could take it wrong, but, um, I've had students that would say, well, the yeah, buts, they would give me all the yeah, buts. And I would say, so what? So what are you going to do about it? How are you going to rewrite that story? And so I started, um, you know, as an educator telling that to students, um, as a special education teacher and, a, um, and then as I became a principal, I began to ask students one thing, you know, um, and that is I graduated and then, and what is the, and then start focusing on that, not on whatever turbulence, whatever trauma you're going through, um, because that's how we get stuck in that. And, um, you know, and I would share my story and, and they probably got sick of hearing it. I know some of the people I worked with over the years are probably tired of hearing it, but the reality is if you could tell kids that you can do it, you know, and I, I did not like school. I hated school so I can relate to them and that, and there's a lot of reasons I didn't like school. Um, and so I try to help them understand that there's a thing in life called playing the game and we have to figure it out. And many of us, including myself, have tried to fight it over the years, but, um, the yeah, buts we've got to set aside and we've got to keep going forward. And through that we can grow and learn and become something that we could not have imagined. You hated school and then became an educator. So at what point did you realize that your destiny was actually to be in school for the rest of your life? So I had, had such a, a horrible experience in school. And a lot of that was because I didn't have the support at home. Um, I went to school in Bushnell, Nebraska, and it closed when I was um, going into the seventh grade. Um, moved to Kimball. Nebraska, went to school for a year, moved to Texas, went to school for a year with my sister, came back to Kimball, and, and eventually ended up in Pine Bluffs. Um, most of the kids that had gone to Bushnell had come to Pine Bluffs, and so I thought, well, I'll try that. So I went through all those changes in a matter of a very short period of time, and um, so that didn't help either because I changed states, I changed uh, the way things are done, cultures. It was a huge culture shock for me. And so um, by the time I was, a, you know, junior, sophomore, junior in high school, I was pretty hardened, very angry um, at the world um, for many reasons. And, um, you know, I often look back at, and I think of teachers that had me and they probably thought, what is going on with this kid? Um, but I, you know, we are able to put those veils um, and those facades on things uh, to not let people see the real the real goings on. And, and so when I was a senior, um, when my mother had her aneurysm, um, of course my parents weren't around and nobody knew I had older siblings. And so, um, I missed about 14 days of school and going through some pretty traumatic events in that time. Um, and when I came back and this was a, an era too, if you remember in 86, they looked for four days and couldn't decipher what was wrong with her and then found this aneurysm that was leaking. And so, you know, if you think about that, it sounds pretty profound and unbelievable. And so I came back to school and I had a teacher um, who made a comment about, oh, you decided to finally come back to school. And again, you find that moment when something snaps in you. Um, and at that point in time, it probably was a seed that was planted. We, we also had a young lady that I went to school with that was 
in special education and a lot of other kids made fun of her. And I always found myself going, you know, to battle for the underdog in this time frame of my life. Got through uh, and got out, got out of school and actually went into accounting. And I'm way too social of a being to be an accountant. And my husband's an accountant and my mother-in-law was an accountant. So I respect them wholeheartedly, but it was not for me. Um, so I just started searching, you know, when I went to school and thought, oh, I'll go into counseling. And, and I'm not one that likes to sit still too long. And, and so um, eventually ended up in education. Um, went back and got my master's in special education and then um, got a, an endorsement in leadership. So um, I love to learn and I never, I, I really didn't stop learning and haven't um, when it comes to what we can do to help kids. So yeah, that's, it was kind of a weird uh, over time. It wasn't an instantaneous thing by any means. With everything that you went through in your childhood, and uh, the things that you had to learn on your own and the impact you, um, I can only imagine, received from truly abandonment. Um, mm-hmm. How did that affect your marriage and being a mom? You know, and it's, it's uh, I, I experienced a lot and I often say God protected, I can look back and say God protected me in so many ways. And I was not a great child at times, I'm sure. And I was very angry at, in my adolescence. Um, oftentimes my girls, um, I would tell them, I don't know what it's like to be a mom. You're just going to have to let me do this. And they sometimes would fight me on that. (laughs) Um, and also because of what I had encountered, um, being, you know, literally thrown from one household to the next. Um, one of the things that, uh, you get exposed to things that no child should be exposed to. And God kept me safe in that. But on the other hand, with my own girls, I'm probably more of a protector than ever um, because I never wanted them to be exposed to some of the things that I had to witness and see. And, and living with one family after another, everyone has their issues. And so then you throw in this, you know, third wheel. Um, and so it's not something I ever wanted them to encounter. Um, I think my husband <laughs> over the years, he, I, I will say there's only one in one being that could save the world. But um, my husband will often say, you've got to quit trying to save the world um, because I just want to go out there and do right by my heavenly father and by what he's given me. You've impacted countless students and adults alike. You are the definition of determination. Darity, you are a phenomenal woman. We want to know, what does being a phenomenal woman mean to you? So I think, um, well, thank you, first of all. And um, that is something that I think a lot about. And I think um, as I've grown wiser in my years, One of the things that a phenomenal woman does is she is a cheerleader for those around her and and the phenomenal women that I'm surrounded by and by my girls, you know. Um, I often think that women are out to compete against one another. And I find that sad because we can learn from each other and we're all different for a reason. And there's so much we have to offer each other in, in educating one another on who we are. So I think being a phenomenal woman is one that encourages those around her, um, seeks to understand, you know, um, 
I've had uh, a number of young women that have worked for me, and they're raising a family, and they're torn between careers and their children and their family. And I often say, like, it goes way so fast. <laughs> Those kids grow up so fast. Be a mom. Be what's, and that's what's important. Enjoy this time. And don't worry about getting on the bandwagon wagon of getting more education or, or doing more. And, and I, I find that I'm probably a little bit of a hypocrite in saying that because I just couldn't learn enough as my kids were growing up. Um, and so I was in school. And I think that's, you know, reflecting on that time. It went so fast. We need to enjoy each other, um, love on one another, and build each other up. Charity, do you have any words of encouragement or a favorite quote you'd like to share? So, you know, um, in the last couple of years, one of the things, and, and you, you brought it up, I don't like to sit. And so I, I always pray and I, I wonder, okay, God, what is, this season, what is it you want me to take from this season? And he's really been working on me and rest and resting in him, trusting in him. And so um, I have a thousand quotes that I love. I have many verses that I cling on to, but for the time and the season that I'm in, I love Matthew 11, uh, verse 28. And he says, come to me, all who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Thank you. Thank you for sharing your story. Thank you, Dirty. Thank you for listening, for choosing to spend your time with us. There are stories that need to be told and heard. We are on this earth to help one another. What better way than to hold another woman's hand and say, I am here for you. God loves you, and I have a story of hope for you. Until next time, remember, I am brave. I am bruised. I am who I'm meant to be. This is me.